Whenever we get into the groove of starting, we just had some stew. Yeah, absolutely. Stu just talking in depth about uh, dietary habits. Yeah, I had a soylent today. That was that was a topic of discussion. You know, they say your entire life changes when you become a father. Mine has very quickly reverted to what it was. Uh, you sitting around on a Wednesday afternoon with Max talking about (laughs) talking about dietary habits and OMAD eating stew. Well, that casual reveal just uh, stepped on a joke I was going to make. Let's pretend. Hey, let's pretend. Oh, we can pretend that's. Let's uh, pretend that didn't happen. All right. How how long is this joke going to go on for? Because I don't really want to talk that much about. So, Sean, anything new in your life? Well, Max, <laughs> funny you should Get say it? that. Because there is something new in my life. Well, yeah. technically, no. That, that was the whole joke was me going to be like, so anything new? And we're both going to go, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Five it's going to be warm hearted. That's like how a podcast where the host get along would work, you motherfucker. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the other host would have been like, and I've just had the pleasure of meeting little little baby, yeah, whatever. Oh, in case you don't know, which I'm sure you all do, anyone listening yeah. to this is likely to know, we just had our, had our kid on Friday night. Yeah, that's pretty much the all all the I need to say about it. That's the news. Yeah, it's, it's as annoying as you'd expect. It's, that's the word, baby. I'm changing diapers now, and I'm fucking yeah, hell yeah. I saw it dealing with screaming baby. Yeah, I know. By the way, how fucked up is that? That Rachel took a photo. It's something that demeans two of the people she loves. <laughs> her husband and her daughter. Yeah, because first yeah. of all, you got a daughter like with her little tits out and a butt up in the air. Yeah being cleaned <laughs> from having shit herself yeah and then you've got me with a deadly serious expression i think that was like the second or third one that i'd done and mm-hmm. i'm still being super careful about it because apparently you gotta be you know mm. like it gets all up in there and you don't want you don't want utis and stuff oh. yeah yeah that's interesting it's not interesting uh, i, I, I mean it is interesting <laughs> you don't think that shit being scraped into a pussy is interesting it is pretty funny that my yeah. wife, uh, just today, my wife said, um, she was teaching me, we, we've started putting on some paste when we change it now, and she was teach, telling me how to do it. And she said, yeah, you know, so you do one around the butt area, and then one sort of like... What is on it, the, paste? Yeah, like kind of like powder, you know, oh, make okay. sure she doesn't get a rash. And she was like, yeah, you do one around the butt area, one around like the inner inner parts of her thighs so she doesn't chafe, and then just spread a whole bit on her pussy lips. it's like this is your infant daughter if you run out of paste you can use plaster of paris (laughs) or she was like like, well what what else should i call it i was like well i mean that's true yeah fair point some people would say private or something like that doesn't it yeah yeah well you know about your infant daughter's pussy lips yeah no one wants to hear that yeah and yet here we are Mm, here we are yeah. No, that's the thing. I, I I did kind of decide that no one really. I hate what, before I had a kid, and even now I hate hearing about other people's babies. So we're not gonna we're not gonna do a whole like the craziness of fatherhood type podcast. Oh yeah, it's like this show. Get where it out. It's, it's out of the way. Yeah. It's out of the way now. And in fact, to prove to our loyal listeners that PQP Classic is still in session. We lost the hole. We lost the hole <laughs> for this episode. We lost the All hole. holes filled. I mean, the hole is here, but... but yeah, she's just literally on the other side of that wall. fucking busy now, yeah. <laughs> no, this is my, my little break. I thought this was going to be a hole episode. A hole episode? Yeah, because I was here yesterday and... and uh, oh, yeah, she wanted to, but yeah. then, you know... I mean, it would be a nightmare to constantly get up. That's and true, having to get up and change it. And, and also... Y- 
if that happened, there's no chance that it wouldn't be an entirely baby-oriented episode. Cause well, I mean, honestly, there's I very am little curious for us though, because I mean, about. like, uh, I am a little bit curious about this the thing because I haven't talked to you about it at all. I've, I mean, look, to be honest, I've talked to you just about as much as I care to know. Yeah, but that, I do think it would be. Are there any um, interesting hospital stories or anything? Um, anything go wrong? No, in a fun no, way, not in like a serious way. No, nothing really went wrong. Yeah. The, but you know, I was before before the birth, right? I was always the kind of straight guy with regards to you know we're in California and like women are constantly being exposed to new and weird ideas, you know, about yeah childbirth and stuff, and about not going to the doctor and getting a doula and doing home births and stuff like that. And I was always the one who was like counterbalancing that by being like. Yeah, you know, hospitals may be kind of lame, quote unquote, but they've cut the you know, cut the de- infant death rate or the mother death rate down by like a fucking ton. So even though it's not the cool thing to do, probably the best thing to do if you care about your kid, right? Uh huh. If anything goes wrong, they know what they're doing. They're there. So I was always that. I was playing quote unquote devil's advocate, I guess, um, for doing it kind of by the book. But then actually having been there and having gone through it all. Yeah, the, the hospitals are fucking ridiculous. And like the doctor, Really? Yeah, mate. Like we were, you know, you just had your kid and you want to try and get, you know, sleep. We had it pretty late at night and it was like, all right, check the kid. The kid's fine. Cool. Let us sleep for a bit. Let the kid sleep for a bit. Let us handle it. No, there's a doctor in there every, I'm not even joking, between 30 and 40 minutes. Every 30, 40 minutes, there's a doctor in there wanting to do something that seems completely unnecessary they've all got these you remember that monty python sketch um the beginning of the meaning of life no with birth yeah it's it's just a birth um and all these doctors going around talking about the machine that goes ping and stuff like that well that's the machine that goes ping yeah that's absolutely true (laughs) they're coming in with all these fucking huge machines that don't seem to really do anything but they do go ping a lot wow and it was by the end of it i was fucking frustrated i was pretty much telling them to get out i was like just leave her alone you know we just she got to sleep she's sleeping if you have to do your fucking test do it later so yeah there's a lot of that but other than that it was all fine we got home we're all good pretty good pretty good yep well yeah i mean that's good good that everything went smoothly congratulations etc jurassic world uh still has not opened this summer like and i said I'm, life goes on i'm losing <laughs> i'm losing my goddamn mind over it if i'm being honest it is very funny though because yeah. if you've heard i think two podcasts ago we were talking about how we're kind of weirdly keeping up with <laughs> yeah i know more up about with the, the progress followed, of jurassic world for whatever reason i have followed the jurassic world opening 20,000 times more closely than i followed anything leading up to star wars land like the yeah. like I, I just for whatever reason what I happen to be watching on YouTube a lot lately is uh theme park obsession. I know you like five fries. He did a crossover with five fries. You're kidding His me. His actual name is Five Fires, by the oh, way. Oh, okay. That's why just, I can't that's why I can't my find him on YouTube. You know sometimes if something's all capsulized one <laughs> yeah, word like yeah. that. You see it a certain way, yeah. and it's really hard to get it out of your head. So to me, it's still also, Five Fries. Five Fries is and it sounds funny. like, yeah, like that, I, I, it didn't surprise me that his name was Five yeah. Fries. I looked at the guy, I was like, yeah, he's probably really into fries. 
and <laughs> five at a time, I mean, baby. But anyway, yeah, they uh, he, he did some up. I mean, they're all like, I think they're going there every day now. All these people who are tracking the progress because Universal still haven't announced any kind of release date except for <laughs> summer. Yeah, I know. I'm so they're my there mind. every day. But the other thing is that people are uh, making predictions. So they're making entire videos, which are like my prediction for opening day. And there's always <laughs> someone in the comments who says that their uncle works there. And yeah, yeah, he's yeah. saying it's going to be June 28th or June 29th or whatever. Oh, that's passed, yeah. And then that passes and they're like, oh, well, there were, there were issues, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, there weren't. You're fucking making it up. But the funny thing is, it's getting people like Theme Park Obsession and Five Fries in there at the same time. So that's what happened. Five Fries bumps into Theme Park Obsession yeah. while they're both there sort of gushing over the, the, yeah. the water because that's all they can do they can just stand they're by standing the water on the, the first they're standing on the first landing of the uh the star the star walk or whatever that thing is called that giant escalator oh that's yeah where you get yeah. the best view of so the, they're looking the into it but then they're yeah. going right down to it and like they're yelling at the people because they're test riding it with more and more people now so yeah they're like yelling at the people like hey tell what happens what happens no yeah that's it's awesome fucking funny. and the people on the presumably the people testing it are like kind of they were professional probably yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> they're at work and they're not gonna be like oh my god guess what yeah like, what if what <laughs> if i'm gonna spoil it what if one of them goes up to both of them and goes I'd like to give this exclusive to Five Fries, especially. <laughs> if I I've was, been a supporter if, of Five Fries for a long time. <laughs> if I was one of those people testing it, I would yeah. just come down yeah. and either say something like, it's shit, or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or I'd just shout back at them, hey, you know, spoiler, there's no dinosaurs in it. <laughs> they took them out. <laughs> they took all the dinosaurs out. They weren't working. Instead, we have Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good theme we park have Lilo reference. and Stitch and like a bunch you, of Jurassic botany. Like yeah, yeah, plants. yeah. It's Stitch. It is a he, Jurassic World. Yeah. That the the name isn't misleading, but there are a lot of plants. Stitch burps a chili dog into your face, like at that ride in Magic right, Kingdom. Right, now, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, dude, but no one's having any fun with it. It's just that the people on the outside are all pissed off that they don't get to know what's inside. That's until, so great, like they never a, will. They're acting like they never will. I know. And it's like you know what I mean. That's what's even so though they haven't announced it. it, even though they haven't announced a date, you probably got what a month at most. Sooner than later, it's fine. Like you don't yeah. need to keep going back. <laughs> Nothing is changing. <laughs> but they, every every single video that Five Fries does, he keeps going back into the restaurant and being yeah. like, "Well, <laughs> time for another yeah, <laughs> like Velocitaco." whatever the fuck it's called oh the restaurant's open yeah yeah that whole like land is Shit. open it's got the souvenir store where he's like a <laughs> towels <laughs> gonna need those <laughs> to think i ate a soylent for lunch today when i could have had a Velosa taco at universal studio <laughs> I, I think i made that up but that does show you how easy it is to fucking do that <laughs> you know <laughs> Like a bronquito, you know, yeah, instead of a burrito, yeah, yeah, a bronchiosaurito. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Fucking dude, why aren't they paying me? <laughs> well, first of all, because oh, a bronchiosaur is not a dinosaur. Sorry, brachiosaur, that's right. <laughs> I'm thinking of... I'm sure you're there mixing, is a... You're mixing brontosaurus and brachiosaurus. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Close enough. Fuck it, come on. <laughs> it was good, though. <laughs> it was good. You know, Velocitag... Well, well, it would be like T-Echo, right? T-Rex. Oh, smart. T-Rex like Echo, yeah. right? Oh, if they haven't come up with that, then I'll be furious. Jeff Goldbergers. <laughs> I don't know if they're using actor names. That'd be kind of funny. Sam Neil Pudding. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Laura Dern. Dern good chicken fingers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Laura Dern good f- chicken fingers. Fuck yeah, man. Well, here's the thing. When when you moved to LA, yes. what did you expect your life to be like? What was your LA dream? Um, I what was. Did you, how did you expect it would go? How did you hope it would go? Did you come here wanting to act? Did you come here wanting to write? Did you come here wanting to? Presumably, you didn't come here wanting to be uh, a teacher or a Lyft driver, right? I did, actually. That was it? No, Wait. I mean, in terms of not realistic, but like your actual, your ambitions, right? Like, what were your ambitions when you came here? I came here for grad school, and I assumed that I would be in a full-time teaching job right now. That's remarkably realistic for a, for an L.A. dream. It doesn't sound much like a dream. It sounds more like a... The L.A. part was more incidental, I mean, I right. could have done that anywhere. I just liked L.A. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does make sense. Yeah. But it's not the answer that you'd usually get from someone in the city. You know? Yeah, I, I got that a lot when I first moved here because I would be, they, people would be like, what would you move down here for? And I'd be like, oh, grad school. And they obviously were like an actor or something, and they wanted to talk about like what it's like going on auditions. And I was like, no. Yeah. I mean, ironically, I wound up acting. That's I wound thing. up yeah. doing a bunch of shit, but I never did any of that before I lived in L.A. That's the weirdest thing about it. Yeah, because yeah. you've kind of done the opposite of what yeah. most people do. Like Most people come here trying to act or trying to be some mm-hmm. kind of creative, and then they end up uh, at best teaching yeah. English as a second language or whatever the fuck, you know, right. whatever will pay them something. Uh, whereas you've come here trying to teach... Yeah, I'm trying to just enjoy theme parks and sodas. End up not doing any. Oh, I definitely did enjoy theme parks and sodas. <laughs> well, you've done that, but yeah, and then you ended up. I uh, will say that being like one of the major things that I was pumped up about moving to LA was like I can go to Disneyland anytime I want, and then Disneyland became quite cost prohibitive. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, you can't even do that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the real appeal of living in LA anymore because I, I mean, technically, I don't live in LA now. No. I live close enough, but um, yeah, all the stuff when I first, because it was a dream of mine to live here, right? Like when I was, I think 12, we came out here on vacation. I was already a big movie fan. At, at 12 years old, you could have called me a cinephile, mm. right? So I was a big movie fan. So LA is the place where they make all the movies. So I had right. this kind of like nascent Greg Turkington kind of, like I went to Universal Studios and was like, oh my God. The actual car from the Fast and the Furious. Because you got to realize, in England, we don't get that, really. Because we don't get that, maybe more so now, but back then, certainly, we didn't have any... It was amazing to me to see even, like, a costume that someone had worn. It's like, wow, that's the actual costume that, like, fucking Jim Carrey wore in Bruce Almighty. You right. Know? <laughs> a fucking suit. You know? And I really... So, definitely, coming back from that vacation, I was like, well, that's the place I want to be. And then luck had it that when I was about 21 and my family moved out here so I could move out too. And I remember the first like day, the first few days, well, I mean, really the first few weeks, but the first few days, especially, I was just like, oh my God, everything is amazing here. Yeah. You know, everything is brilliant here. Mm-hmm. You have fucking all these American fast food chains that I, that we didn't have in England. You had like Target, literally stupid shit like that. Yeah. I was like fucking fascinated by it. I don't see why that's stupid. <laughs> I think that's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, having now been here for seven years, I'm like, God, if I never step foot in a fucking Target again, I'll be happy. Oh, but, well, well, that's okay. Yeah, you know, and like the you fucking and City Walk and like Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood Boulevard's always been a fucking shithole, but 
even Hollywood Boulevard even tests me. Yeah, no, I mean it's not good. But I remember like being, but when, when we first came out here, we were like a five minute drive away from Hollywood Boulevard, and I was like, fucking, oh my god, I can't believe yeah. this. I remember my friend came out uh, to visit me about. Uh, four or five months after mm-hmm. after i moved out here and i remember driving him da- like on the way back from the airport to the house he's probably like jet lagged i'm fucking tired but i'm like oh we might as well just take a little drive down hollywood boulevard and yeah yeah take a look it takes about 40 minutes because the fucking traffic <laughs> is just full of <laughs> shitty tourists from ohio like bumbling yeah. down fucking character actors fighting each other and i will say this hollywood boulevard is i mean i was excited when i moved here and i i mean i moved straight to north hollywood Knowing, right. I, I, because I had a friend who lived here already, right, and so I knew that North Hollywood was. I did. I a lot of people apparently move to North Hollywood thinking that it's part of Hollywood. Yeah, I was not, not under that impression, <laughs> but I was actually shocked to learn how close it was to Hollywood. It's like fifteen twenty minutes at most, right, from yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, and so I was like, oh shit, like that's so exciting. And like I remember, like one of the first days I got here, I was like. Let's we're in LA. Let's go to the Hollywood Highlands Center, which I'd been to many times before. But I was like, "Look, we live here. Can you believe we live here?" And that was me. I moved down here with a girlfriend. Highlands Center. I moved down here with a girlfriend, and I was just like, "We live here now. We live here. Look at all. Look all around you." And we're all. But we're both so jazzed. We're like, (laughs) "Yes, this is what it is right here, baby." And then like. I don't know, though. I go back and forth on Hollywood Boulevard a lot. There are times when I look at Hollywood Boulevard like it's the goddamn Statue of Liberty, like it's Times Square or something like that, where I'm just like, fuck yes. Like, I really love, still? Believe it or not. Um, believe it or not. I, I'm going to tell you this right now. I got emotional, like, this time last year. I had a rough day. I had crashed my car. I was working on uh, Hollywood and Vine. You know the place. Oh, yeah. I was working there, and um, I got there, and they cut me really early. They were like, oh, we don't actually need you today. And I was like, cool. And so I was like, I'm just going to walk back. And I was like, well, there's a stop. for." I took the train in, and I was like, well, there's a stop right across the street. But, you know, it's 9 in the morning. It was actually earlier. It was like 7 in the morning. It's like, it's like 7 in the morning. I'm just going to stroll down Hollywood Boulevard and go to the Hollywood Highland Red Line. And I'm walking down Hollywood Boulevard, and it was just like I had moved here again. I was just like... Really? I live here. Yeah. I was like, wow, look at this. I'm getting like accosted. People are like bumping into me, trying to mug me, trying to <laughs> sell me, uh, trying to hand me those Scientology flyers. Yeah. Or hip hop CDs. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. I mean, I'm used to that from the Bay Area, but right. like, yeah, but like this constant, just like everything around me sucks. And I'm just looking up in the sky like, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this that's nice, rules. man. I love it. When I, when I get little pangs like that, yeah, it, it's, I it's really, good really enjoy it. Yeah, like a, very occasionally I'll get it. Because I don't really go into LA anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the, the most, I'll, I'll go to downtown sometimes, which is fucking horrible. Or oh, yeah, I'll I've never to, liked downtown. No, downtown <laughs> Not even terrible. once have I liked downtown. I, I liked it when I first came out here because I didn't drive in England either. So yeah. when I came out here, I started driving and uh, I like, you know, I'm awake at all hours of the night. So I used to like driving into downtown at night. Yeah. Because there's no traffic and you just drive around and look at all the skyscrapers and yeah. there's a lot of lighting. It's pretty. And stuff. Yeah, I mean, pretty I know it night. doesn't yeah. sound that impressive to people who grew up in cities and were driving around, but. Because, I mean, now I fucking, I can't stand the idea of driving into downtown. It, it kills me. It takes like an hour and a half. It fucking sucks. But when do I, I, I don't know. Do I ever get 
I mean, I'm very rarely in LA anymore, so I don't really yeah. get that uh, that kind of wonder, that wonderment that occasionally you get. The last time I remember getting it is as stupid as this. Uh, in the apartment I lived in in Valley Village, I realized on the GPS driving, because I used to drive past uh, Universal Studios every time I went home. And that was one of the places, Universal Studios, where I was like, oh, that's like LA. That's the fucking dream. You've made it. Yeah, and then I realized one time driving back from I think downtown to my apartment in Valley Village, that was when I hit Universal Studios on the freeway. I was like, "Oh, I'm six minutes away from my house. Like that's fucking cool. You know, it's cool to be yeah only six minutes away from this place that you kind of held to be iconic in some way. And now I fucking hate going to Universal Studios. You know, if I have to go, it's a bit of a bummer. I don't really mm. want to. This. I don't know if that's true, Sean. It is true. Fairly I, recently, can. you and I took an elective trip up to City Walk. Well, that's because we were trying to watch a fucking movie, and yeah, one of and the we biggest. We ended up not even doing it. The tickets were like twenty five dollars. Yeah, it was that ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, and one of the biggest theaters in uh, North Hollywood area, Studio yeah. City, anyways, at Universal City Walk. Yeah, but we didn't end up doing it. Um, no, I don't like that place. But we had lots of fun. We went to the piano bar. Oh that ruled. God. No, it didn't. It was Howl at the moon. Terrible. Oh no, no, no. What are you talking about? First of all, Universal City Walk. You didn't like it either. Max is pretending that he's all gregarious and fucking like Oh, I liked making fun of it. (laughs) I mean, that's the same as liking it in my book. (laughs) It was loud and they they play like fucking. I see, I think that's what it is. If something really sucks and I can and we're making fun of it, I'm still like, yeah, that ruled. You know what I mean? What are you talking about? That was that show was awesome. They were so bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, not in like yeah. a fucking. I'm not like watching Mystery Science Theater over here. But it's like, yeah, I had a good time. Maybe it not was too loud though. We maybe could not hear good, each other. Yeah, that did suck. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also just very funny to be two grown men at City Walk after basically everything had closed. That's that was also way. really it funny was like about 9 the experience. PM and everything yeah. had closed. Yeah, 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 and so it was just you and me going around like Howl at the Moon. We first we tried to go to Margaritaville. Yeah, but that closed. the bar had closed at 10 p.m. So we we're like, all right, and then we fucked off to Howl at the Moon, and then the only thing that was open was It's Sugar, the candy <laughs> store, yeah, and we were going around in there. So I mean, I was having a great time. The, the The fountain was turned off, but you know you can't turn off that King Kong. You can't turn off that statue of a dragon that hangs off the second floor where the John Lovitz Comedy Club used to be. So as I was saying, the, one, the wonder is kind of gone. <laughs> for, me. for one of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for me, the wonder is kind of gone. Um, I mean, like, yeah, even the Sunset Strip. I mean, I was a big, you know, music fan. I was into all mm. that rock shit when I was younger. So yeah. like, seeing the Whiskey at Go-Go and knowing that the Doors had played there yeah. was kind of impressive. And the Rainbow and the Roxy and all of that. And the Viper Room. You know, I was like, oh, sure. Johnny Depp actually owned that. Yeah. And, like, he killed River Phoenix there or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it just it all kind of amazed me. And, like, going, even, like, recognizing places from Kirby Enthusiasm. You know? Like, Kirby Enthusiasm sure. is almost entirely in, like, Brentwood and West L.A. But, like, yeah. I'd occasionally see a restaurant where they'd been in that show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Wow, what a place. You don't Not get realizing... that anymore when you're in L.A.? What? You don't get that anymore when you're in L.A.? Not so much now. I mean, well, here's the other thing. is I grew up, I mean, in and around London mostly, right? So yeah. I was never too far from London. So London has tons and tons of very important historical sites and all these buildings. And you could probably spit anywhere in London and land on, like, you know, a prostitute's dead body or something like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, pretty important place. But 
I think growing up around it, it's not that interesting. I mean, since I came out to America, people talk about castles as if they're... I, I would love to see a castle in my lifetime. Sure. And to me, I'm like, well, yeah, you can't move for fucking castles in England. you know. Oh, really? Yeah, see, I've never seen a castle. Yeah, no, they're all just like old stone blobs of shit. You know, they're, yeah. not, they're not that good unless you go to like Hever Castle or somewhere like that, which is kind of well-preserved. Um but unlike that, in LA, you know, I'm looking around going like, oh, yeah, that's like where, you know, Hugh Grant got fucking caught with that prostitute or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. My my frame of reference at the time, I guess, was more geared towards, I guess, recent history and generally kind of trivial history, too. Right. Know? And movie shit and whatnot. Yeah. But that's I... what I liked more, you know, like seeing the house on Haunted Hill house, you know, from the, from the uh, remake, the really interesting architecture yeah. of it. That that my friend, I had a friend from London who'd moved out here when he was young, and I bumped into him again out here. Lived in the Nightmare on Elm Street house. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, like the actual house they used for filming. He actually lived there. Him and his mom lived there. See, I'm even a little bit weirder than that. I when I moved here, I moved to the Valley, and I was just. I mean, the, you can just the see all the Mal- Valley is Malcolm a, in the middle sets. Va- <laughs> <laughs> Valley is a relative word, but I lived in like the North Hollywood and Burbank and Studio City area, not yeah. like the Winnetka, that valley, but yeah, whatever yeah, you yeah. would call I consider that the valley, but maybe it's yeah, not. Yeah. That's still the valley. But I was enthralled with that area, so much so that like I saw Hollywood. I still like, there are whole parts of LA that I barely have ever been to. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know from Chinatown. Like, most parts of downtown are a complete mystery to mm-hmm. me rarely have i gone east i don't get out to the west side very much right like you know there but the valley when i moved here i was stoked on it because it was like kind of familiar to me as being like someone who grew up in the suburbs because it's like pretty suburban it's pretty spread out but there's also like a lot of weird little things and i was very enamored with that aspect of it yeah just the kind of weird eclecticism where it was like you're going and there's little piece of shit house there's a piece of shit building there's a piece of shit strip mall right and then there is a giant sikh temple that is like beautiful (laughs) yeah and then there's a shitty strip mall and then we're back to that and then like oh look that is the house that gave walt disney inspiration for snow white or whatever it's like all these weird like little every there's like because la like famously doesn't have any sense of its own history or respect for its own history there's not even like a dis- there's not even a uniform sense of architecture within single neighborhoods. Right. Whereas in other cities, it's like you go one neighborhood, all the houses look the same. Like this is a neighborhood of mission style houses. Well, it's here like, it's like, like I was yeah. saying here where I live now in Thousand yeah. Oaks is very, very uniform architecture. It's very right. homogenous in that way. Where yeah, like I, I agree with you about the valley. <laughs> you occasionally come across something where you're like, what the fuck is that doing here? Yeah, and it's yeah. awesome, and I loved that, and I was really excited about that stuff. Well, it's like remember at the four or five where I last lived. Yeah, um, that little weird strip where Big Mike's Smoke Shop was. Yeah, and Joe Peeps and all that. The, the the post office was designed like a castle. Yeah, why? Who knows? But <laughs> no it was really like knows. it had turrets. There's and, this yeah. random fucking post office with like a castle. Yeah, uh, it, it looks like it belongs in Disneyland. Yeah, and that the, whole strip like, kind of did. It was yeah, like a little cottagey. It, it was yeah. cottagey. Yeah, it had like these like you know wooden beams on the outside yeah. of the buildings and stuff. It was strange, and you just find like literally that was a pocket 
Yeah, and then not, not even hundred meters across the crosswalk was just a CVS and a shitty strip mall with a bar in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then but that, that bar, little area, yeah. That bar, I and even that shitty dive bar, it's like one of those bars that opens at six a.m. and there's yeah. always someone waiting outside. Yeah. You know, Fox Fire Room. Um, yeah, that bar. If ever, if ever, that's cool for like a like a dive bar scene in a movie or a TV show, mm-hmm. they're in there. Ma- uh, Magnolia had a scene. That Magnolia had a it. scene in there. The Office. Of all. Really? Yeah, I was watching The Office. We're sort of like casually rewatching The Office now, the American one. And, and you saw celebrities there: Kiefer Sutherland, David Koechner. No, 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 no. So hmm. Kiefer Sutherland is uh, Tiki No all the time. Oh, okay. Although he does have a twin. Oh, great. Which I learned recently, and I'm thinking that the one that keeps turning up at Tiki No is his might twin. be his twin trying to get laid. Hell yeah! By calling himself Kiefer, that or just would just rule. not even calling himself Kiefer Sutherland, just assuming. You know, just accepting the. the I wonder if when Johnny Galecki shows up to Idle Hour, he's got a twin. It's too. actually just his twin. He's twin Johnny Galecki's. Yeah. God, can you fucking imagine? <laughs> it's bad enough. But know. yeah, I mean. But yeah, David Koechner, who I actually saw in Foxfire Room, sat next to with you, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 and uh, he was in that The Office scene. You know? Oh, really? Maybe <laughs> in that's the how he Room. Knows. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's how he learned about it. I remember I wanted, there for to, a day and he was, I wanted to talk to him, but I didn't have the gumption because he seemed very he, much like he didn't want to be talking to He was there to. on his own in the middle of the day, let's be fair. Yeah. But he wasn't drinking alcohol. He was drinking like water with He's limes. Drinking, yeah, just drinking And then he tipped like $20 on Give it. Give a good tip. Yeah. But uh, yeah, to an extent though, I was kind of like, what are you doing here? Yeah, like, it was do, interesting. Do you just have a family you hate or something? Or it's, It seemed like he was friendly with the owners because he made it a point to say hi and talk to them before he left. Yeah, and they and were they talking like they knew each other. But like, yeah, someone came up to him and said like, oh, just want to know what like a big fan of you and, you know, everything. And he was just like, like quietly just smiled and gave him a fist bump. Yeah. And, kinda and that was let, it. Let but like, way. it was clear he wanted to be left alone, but I wanted to impress him. That's always my move. <laughs> if I see him, Cedar Rapids. <laughs> no, I wanted to tell him because I'm always like, I'm always waiting for when I see a celebrity that I like from something that I don't think they probably get complimented on a lot. That's a sick fantasy that I have. You know what? That's it, a piece of mental illness. It, in yeah. my experience, I've met quite a lot of celebrities, yeah. and some of them are like people who I idolize yeah. in some way. It never turns out quite the way you they don't know. like it. They're like, yeah, they're just like, oh my god, I movie. can't believe you know about that yeah. or whatever the fuck. Well, yeah, I mean, it never, yeah, it just never quite goes the way you want it so, to. But I had a good one for him. Oh, fuck, I've got a good one. All right, go ahead. His good one was, I was going to tell him that I was a big fan of the movie Cheap Thrills, which is like a really good movie and probably his best performance that I've ever seen, where he plays a, a villain, essentially, and is one of the leads of the movie. I would say he's one of the top three leads of the movie. Right. And it's, have you seen Cheap Thrills? No. Fucking good movie, man. Mm-hmm. Fucking good movie. And then the other one that I always want to impress people with is if I ever meet Christina Hendricks, whom I love, I want to tell her, yo. Have you seen Drive? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ginger and Rosa. She was in a Sally Potter movie. English director Sally Potter. Uh, a Sally Potter movie called Ginger and Rosa where she plays uh, one of the characters' moms. And it's like, an amazing performance and most of the movies she's in are dog shit or she's dog shit in them. So I want to be like, yo, Ginger and Rosa, cause I'll bet you she knows on some level that all she's really got is mad men and Ginger and I don't Rosa. Know if she even knows that to be honest. I mean, you think she thinks that like she was in a movie on Hulu called egg recently. <laughs> 
Uh, Imagine her agent being like, look, we don't have much coming in for you anymore. <laughs> People were excited about your breasts for a while. She was doing like sponsorships. I've got with, egg. She was doing <laughs> sponsorships with Warby Parker for a while, I think. Yeah, man. I mean, or some kind of glasses. You know what? Company. I've got yeah. a little theory that ginger actresses, they are very flash in the pan. Interesting. I've, I have backup for this too, because they come and they go very quickly. Do you remember Jessica Chastain? Yeah, and do you remember how much everyone loved her for about that was a fast a year that was and a, a fast half. one. That was a very fast one. And the the thing that I'm noticing because actresses being flash in the pan is one thing, but it, the gingers they're the ones who go away very quickly. I wonder if there's something. Amy to Adams. That, Amy Adams is still big. Amy Adams. She's got agents who are fucking relentless, if nothing else. Yeah. Because she keeps having these flashes, <laughs> flashes in the pan, then disappears for a year or two, then comes back, tries and disappears. She finally got the Oscar, I think. Did for she? Which, for which movie? <sighs> Fuck. I she's think no. She did. I don't agree. With you. I think Amy Adams. Did she get has it for remained, Arrival? I think Amy Adams has remained like consistent. Who's here? Who's here? Winning? Did you see Junebug? Yeah, that's an old movie. Though. Yeah. Yeah. That was her first flash in the pan. Junebug and Catch Me If You Can. But it's not a flash in the pan how if you just take a year. How old is Amy Like how how old is she? She's got to be in her late 30s in by now, In her late now, right? 60s, I expect. <laughs> I mean, she's been fucking Dame, around cuz Dame kept, Amy Adams. <laughs> everyone kept going on about her and then it disappeared. And then they kept going on about her and then it disappeared. And she got like a streak from about 2012 onwards. Where every year she was there trying to get that Oscar and American never quite Hustle. getting it. American Hustle. American Hustle. She was in Big Eyes, the Tim Burton movie. Yeah, no, dude, she's she was killing in... it. No, that's a bad example. She, it's, Here's it's the a example. Flash you're in the pan for. that someone's trying to force. Here's like... the flash in the pan you're looking for. Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher was big well, for no, about a year. She just married Borat, and now she's no. That's not. She was big before she married Borat. She was well. No, let's let's be honest here. Big, not so much. She had a supporting role in The Wedding Crashes, which got her some attention. Yeah. Then... Uh, now You See Me. A movie which very few people like. <laughs> it was very bad she movie. Did, and, and now, essentially, I think she's not really she's semi-retired. Acting. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think she's doing, doing voice acting somewhere. Okay. Like Despicable Me, All right. maybe. I got one for you. Yeah. I got one for you. This is the fl- this pan hasn't had its flash yet, but she's always been just simmering under the surface. Bryce Dallas Howard. No, well, she was in Terminator one. 4. That's another one. Yeah. Like that is another actress who again, I, th- these gingers like she Amy hasn't Adams, had the flash yet. Though. She's probably in her mid 60s. Yeah. Cuz she she has been around since the early 2000s at mm-hmm. least. Cuz I remember her turning up in things back then and then she disappeared for a long time and then yeah. Jurassic World and now she's like the the person who everyone thinks is Jessica Chastain, basically. Yeah. They're like, oh, is, There's that, that, whole song. is that Jessica yeah, yeah. Chastain? Oh, is there a song about it? Oh, yeah. There was a whole song where it's like, I am not Jessica Chastain. Fuck, dude. Right. I'm not. Okay. I'm Bryce so Dallas now Howard. So yeah. now I feel a lot less crazy because yeah, yeah. It, that thought, I had no idea about that song. That was entirely my own. Well, I, I always used to get Amy Adams and Isla Fisher mixed up. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it's... You know, I, I'm just saying it's interesting that these little gingers flare up mm-hmm. and then they go away again. Well, get it, ready. It doesn't happen so much with other types Get ready because I'm about to knock your fucking socks off with this oh, one. Go for this it. one. I don't Let know if it, it disproves your theory or if it's just the one exception. Do you know what I'm about to say? Oh, famous gingers. I can think of two, actually. Let me say, uh, Ginger actresses? Yes. 
Well, Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. She's been was pretty one consistent. That's a big one. She's been pretty That's consistent. That's a fucking big one. She came up before. Arguably one of the best actresses of our time. She's pretty good. Uh, she came up before. I think it was um, kind of uh, shocking to be a ginger. Cause right. She wasn't. Happened. She's not. I know what you're saying. Something happened in the early 2000s. And I think it goes back to that South Park episode. Mm-hmm. Where gingers mm-hmm. were kind of then seen as a bit repulsive, right? Not by, uh, not by me, but yes. You know, when when we were giving birth to our daughter, um, she was a C-section, so it was hard to like see her as much as you would with a natural birth. You didn't like slowly see the head come out; she was just yeah. kind of lifted out. Uh, one of the nurses said, "Oh, for a second, I thought she was ginger, but it turns out, uh, you know, her she hair is just blood blonde. on her hair." Yeah, um, and we both went. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, what can I say, dude? Like, it, it you, you can you can be as kind of like tolerant and nice as you like until you're actually faced with like possibly having a ginger child. That's insane. I it mean, it's not insane. You would understand it if you knew. But. My, I mean, my opinions <laughs> on ginger women is, are well documented to the but point. But you of like you, you like you like the kind of um, what's the face. Kimmy Schmidt, Ellie Kemper. You like that kind of... It's a slightly different thing. I, I oh, think you're talking like freckly... I'm talking like uh, Jessica Chastain, Ginger. You like know. really pale. Yeah. Like Julianne Moore is kind of there too. But Julianne Moore, I think, really does make up for it with... Talent. Yeah, because she, she's pretty good at, in everything. I mean... I got another one for you. Yeah. Jodie Foster. No, Ginger. Yes, she is. Mm-mm. She's got auburn hair at the she's very not, least. not at all Ginger. Jodie Foster is a, a dark blonde at best. Auburn. We'll no. put this one up to the jury. Sound no, off dude. in the comments. No, no, no. J- Jodie Foster is not a ginger. She. Have you seen Bugsy Malone? No. From when she was, I don't know, 12 or so? That's a fucked up movie, by the way. But Bugsy Malone, if you watch that with modern eyes. It's like a gangster movie, but with kids, right? With children, yeah. And I'm not sure if it started as a musical or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a weird film. It's by Alan Parker, who I genuinely like as a director. He, I don't know him. He's responsible for a lot of very odd movies in the late 70s and 80s. Like, um, he did, I think, Mississippi Burning. And I okay. think he did... The Klan, the Klan movie. The Klan movie. And I think he did... Um, well, I know he did The Wall. Pink Floyd's The Wall. Okay. That was him. He did, uh, a bit later on, he did fucking Angel Heart, which I love. I think Angel Heart's a great movie. I saw Dragonheart, the kid's movie. Different thing. (laughs) Angel Heart is with Mickey Rourke and Robert De Niro. Robert Robert De Niro playing the devil, right? Yeah. And you would think that was a spoiler, because I think it's supposed to be in the movie. I think it's supposed to be a spoiler. Mm -hmm. But he introduces himself as Mr. Louis Cipher. Jesus <laughs> and not only that, not only is his name Louis Cipher, right? <laughs> I'm not. I, I shit you not. Yeah. Uh, he he recruits a, a private investigator played by so like a, an old school New York PI, uh, played by Mickey Rourke. You know, Chinese food cartons on his mm-hmm. fucking desk and shit. And he gets called in by this Louis Cipher, and then Mickey Rourke goes to meet him, and he and he's literally sitting in like a throne mm-hmm. in a church. Whatever, and he, <laughs> he's got a goatee, and a, he looks, he's holding his hand up like fucking he with has the long, two long, fingers. He has long yeah, fingernails, yeah, yeah. and he's like, and he's talking very, very slowly. And Mickey Rourke goes, "Oh well, I don't know what to say, Mister Louis Louis Cifier. and he goes, "No, Louis Cipher." 
<laughs> and this is right at the beginning of the movie. So That's awesome. They barely even hide the fact that it's, it's my name the is devil. My name is Bill. Middle initial middle initial <laughs> Z. <laughs> Last name Bill Bub. Z Bub. Yeah. <laughs> but how did I get onto that now? Alan know. Parker, right? So Alan yeah. Parker. How did I get onto Alan Parker? Bugsy Malone, right? So mm. Bugsy Malone has Scott Bayo from Happy Days. Yeah. And then like a bunch of kids right? and music. And a lot of music. Nobody and the music's pretty cool. Wants to. I may have possibly heard this song in passing yeah, when I, I was like seven. You, you should watch the movie, though. It's fucking bizarre. But Jodie Foster's in that as, a t- I would imagine, about 12 years old. Yeah. And she's like a, uh, you know, like a cabaret hussy. Oh, wow. She's like the, the, the big man, Fat Sam. It's like this little fat kid. Looks like uh-huh. Eric Cartman. Uh, she's like his bitch, you know? Oh, like a mall. M O L L. Have you heard that term? In, um, that's like that's like what you call like the girl of the head right. gangster. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like that, right? And yeah. and she's like, she has this song which is like really um, pretty suggestive. Really, and she's got this whole musical number which is pretty suggestive. And she, I think, you. no, no, no. I mean, it's an original song, oh. but you know, it's about her. Her name's Tallulah, right? And uh, I think Good the name. song is called "My Name Is Tallulah." Hell yeah! <laughs> and uh, at one point, it says Tallulah got her training in North Carolina. What's that mean? Exactly. Like thinking about that as an adult, I'm like, did she get trained in like being a fucking hooker, like or what? No, you, know? you freak. It's like her training in being a cabaret performer. No, because she. You, you need to. Say, it's not worth talking about it with someone who hasn't seen it. But a lot of that movie is like kind of playfully being like, huh, imagine like gangsters, but kids. Yeah, 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 of course. <sighs> Which, by the way, uh, they shoot I'm not going to be the one to call it out, but I think that Alan Parker might have a lawsuit in the works for Mr. Ryan Johnson's movie Brick. Which is the same premise, gangsters, but in high school. No, dude. <laughs> Come on now. He might have a me too against him from my mom, though. Because he apparently uh, uh, pursued her pretty aggressively back in the 80s. Alan Parker pursued your mom? Yeah. Wow. My parents have a fucking history, dude. Like my, par- my mom, yeah, she got pursued by not only Alan Parker, who was apparently kind of gross and she didn't like him that much. Yeah. But also uh, Phil Linnett from Thin Lizzy, now deceased. The boys are back in yeah. town. He yeah. apparently went after her pretty strong, and she kind of went on a few days. Wait, is that and then Thin Lizzy or is that cheap trick? The boys are back in town. No, it's Thin Lizzy. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And uh, my dad dated Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, shit. Yeah, before she was Whoa. famous. Back when she was working in British TV. And apparently, again, she, she was a bit crazy. And he yeah. kind of cut it off. He was like, no, it's... Yeah, your dad was like, <laughs> your dad was like, Helena, you met me at a very interesting time mm. in my life. Dixie's <laughs> <laughs> played. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, we, me and my sister learned all of that when we were probably like 10 or something. And we were just yeah. thinking how different our life could have been. Although theoretically, I mean, that you wouldn't makes, have been born. It makes a lot of. It makes it's a complicated, uh, com- complicated scenario to think of. But the- theoretically, yeah. if I'm half my dad's sperm, and yeah, half my let's say egg, theoretically, you know. all all babies are just entirely made by the dad, and right. so you just have yeah. your I mom. Could be, as I Helena could have been Bonham Helena Bottom Cat. That's good, but then again, if she married my dad instead of Tim Burton, her mm-hmm. career might have not quite taken off the way it did. 
That's true. You know? And That's the same true. well with Finn Le- Phil Linnett, I mean, if he'd married my mom, maybe uh, he wouldn't have fucking died. Yeah. And, and Alan Parker. Had 12 more albums of fantastic music. Oh, thank God. I mean, could you imagine the Thin Lizzy reunion tour? <laughs> the boys are back in town. We're back. Yeah, that would, that would be the name of the tour, obviously. <laughs> Thin Lizzy. Yeah. Thin Lizzy also had drum. a lot of music that was featured in theme park commercials for Six Flags, I think. It was like. Uh, oh, I imagine they're fucking loaded, dude. What isn't Thin Lizzy? from that. Wait, wait, wait. Is Thin Lizzy a. I wanna shout. No, that's not Thin Lizzy. What's the? But they have some kind that of like Van Halen. What are you talking about? What's the Thin Lizzy song that has to do with like shouting or something like that? Because it was used in a lot of Six Flags commercials. Um, we're gonna look it up. Uh, the song that was on the Six Flags commercials was by Cheap Trick, not by Thin Lizzy, okay. and it was not Shout, which is I think by who is that by? Dun dun. Well, that sounds like Jump by Van Halen. Oh, yeah, Jump. Maybe I'm thinking of Jump. Jump! That's Van Halen? Mm -hmm. Okay. I was thinking, and then I was thinking, is it called called Shout? Is it called Jump? No. It's called Surrender. Mm, Surrender. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's by Cheap Trick, and it was on the Six Flags commercials. And I found that by looking up someone basically asking the same question on a forum on stephenmalchemist.net. Why? Stephenmalchemist.net? I don't know. Isn't <laughs> that's that the, the guy, guy from, from fucking... Yeah, the, the, guy the from pavement. pavement and Silver Jews guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All they, right. well, there's, there a big, there's a big overlap between <laughs> pavement fans and cheap trick Six Flags right. fans. <laughs> but I think we got onto this topic by, uh, by talking about celebrity encounters, like moving to LA and then meeting David Ketchner in the Firefox room, right? Yeah. Well, like by the time that I bumped into him, because, you know, I think people come to LA expecting to meet celebrities all the time, and people go, oh, well, you won't really meet them. They don't really hang out mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You do, but the ones you meet are never the ones you really want It's not to. Tom Cruise. You're not going to see Tom Cruise yeah. around, but I've got a fair few. Like, yeah. <laughs> a fair few which are just insane, yeah. Yeah. And not particularly impressive. So, you know, number one, I, I, a couple of years ago, I was in a Tashin. You know, yeah. like the, the, the bookstore fancy... in Beverly Hills. One of the first jobs I applied for when I got out Oh, here, yeah. Oh, you would have loved it. Trying to leverage my Barnes & Noble work experience. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. so Tashin, if you don't know, it's like any coffee table book you're likely to have is yeah. probably a Tashin. And there's a store in Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And well, I mean, that'll come into the story a little bit. There's, there mm. used to be more. Mm. There's one on the Grove and there's one in Beverly Hills. And oh, okay. Anyway... So I was in a Tashin trying to find, trying to buy Christmas presents. It's a great place to buy Christmas presents because you can get anything from there, and people will be like, "Well, it's fancy," and exactly, it makes me look kind of smart because it'll be like, you know, fucking Hieronymus, Hieronymus Bosch books and stuff sure. like that, and they're pretty good. So I, I would in, love like an Imagineering or Disneyland one or something okay, like that. Like I'm yeah. sure that I'm mean, gonna know what I'm saying is Matt's just trying to drop hints for Christmas. No no, 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 that's not what I'm doing. What I'm saying is I think that like no matter how uh, ostensibly low class the quality is yeah. of the content, the presentation of Tashin books yeah. are always such that they make great gifts. Yeah. And they're only about, yeah. you know, between, I mean, it depends on what you buy, but like 40, bucks, right? 40 oh. 50 for regular ones. And then, okay. yeah, it goes up. Um, but I was in Tashin trying to find Christmas gifts. And then Ted Danson walks in. Okay, cool. Ted Danson blackface. from. He didn't walk in in blackface, sadly. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg is like, 
<laughs> Following him, Who- justifying it. Whoopi Goldberg is <laughs> busting a gut laughing yeah, behind yeah. him. She thinks it's the funniest No, it's shit. fine. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, but so Ted Danson of, well, I mean, Cheers fame, Kobe Enthusiasm fame. Becker. The Good Place fame now. Becker. Becker, sure. He was the lead on a sitcom called Becker that ran for like six years. Yeah, but it I, started the it started the career of Shawnee Smith, who later was the protagonist of the Saw franchise. Great, but right now, so we know. I think the Good Place is his big thing. Right? That's probably true. He's the old guy in the big place in the Good Place, and yeah. um, he comes in like wearing a suit, looking exactly like Ted Danson in the Good Place. Yeah, and I see him. I go, oh, that's fucking weird. Yeah. I go up to take my book up to be gift wrapped, and um, I just like casually mentioned to. The- well, first of all, he went. He came in and he said to the checkout girl who had been helping me, so I kind of had a bit of rapport with her. He said to her, "He was like, ah, oh, is this new?" And uh-huh. she goes, "No." And he goes, "There, there used to be one further on down Sunset." Was he talking there? like that? Yeah, he was talking all spaced uh-huh. out, and we're literally okay. light in the good place. Very, very similar. Oh, okay. And uh, and he goes, well, there used to be one further down. And she was like, yeah, yeah, that one closed. And it went into administration, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, ah, but this is the good one, right? This is the best one. <laughs> Did and he have the white goes, hair at this point? How yeah, recently was yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, no, this was like uh, two years ago. Less oh, time. okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah. the good place is already on the air. And- uh, yeah, I didn't know of it at the time, yeah. but yeah. And he was just kind of fucking tripping out like that. And she was mm-hmm. like, yep, yep, yep. And she acted as if he comes in all the time, which... Yeah. It's kind of funny because he was acting as if he just had just discovered he just the discovered grove. it. Yeah, no, we weren't in the grove. This is in oh. Beverly Hills. Oh, okay. And um, so I go up to get my gift wrap by the same girl. She was like, "Oh, well, you have to wait. Like the the gift the gift wrapping person's on lunch. She'll be back in like ten mm-hmm. minutes. So if you can just hang on a bit." I was like, "Okay, is that Ted Danson?" And she goes, "Yeah, he's in here all the time." <laughs> Which is weird because he came in acting as if he just stumbled in and didn't know it existed. But she was like, yep, no, he's, he's here often. Yep, that's and, him. <laughs> and he's just like looking around. Like, like he's never seen any in of a it day. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm waiting for this girl to get, uh, this gift wrapping girl to get back. So I wander back into the store and start looking at some of the other boats. And I pick up one that turns out is like kind of artsy Japanese bondage porn. Oh, okay. <laughs> in like black and white photography. Yeah. I can't remember what it was called, but I'm just like flipping through this book and it's all this like Uh-oh. artsy Japanese bondage porn. And then I, I feel like a big head. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a very big head next to mine. Uh-huh. And he's going, oh, this is good. Oh, like <laughs> something like that. I think he said like, this is fantastic. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's cool. And, of course, it's fucking Ted, Ted Danson. Danson over your shoulder. And he's like, oh, yeah, that one's good. And he's, like, pointing at them. And I'm yeah. going, yeah. Uh, sort of flip the page, like, making sure he's done. I sort of flip yeah. the page and keep flipping through. And he's like, oh, yeah. You're looking like, at bondage porn with literally Ted looking Danson. at black and white bondage porn with Ted Danson. That's the L.A. dream. Yeah. And he's like, that's a good one. Yes, I like this. <laughs> And, he, and then he's just like, ah, oh, fascinating. And he's just walking around in this fucking weird daze. So, yeah, when you have celebrity encounters, it's, yeah, it's not like you're just going to bump into Tom Cruise. You're probably going to be looking at Japanese bondage poem with Ted Danson in a Tashin. That's, I mean, genuinely, that is the yeah. I can't believe I've never heard that story before. Did I never tell you that? No. Uh, I must have told, like, Joggy or someone. There's another yeah. great There's another great celebrity encounter story you've had, but I don't know if you want to talk about it, per se. Which one? 
Oh, Tommy Wiseor. Oh, uh, well, I can't talk about that. All right, then we it. won't mention it. No, That's just a, let that one hang. No one knows. I don't really <laughs> want to talk about Oh, do I? I mean, fuck it. Yeah, no, screw it. I get, I, it doesn't matter anymore. We had to keep quiet for a while because it has to do with where he lives. I mean, but, just, you'd be as vague as possible. I mean, like, yeah, I, I can mean, be vague. The address, yeah. Nah, I, I won't give the address. Okay, so a place that we lived in when when my parents first moved out here. Obviously, I lived with them because I didn't have my own. I didn't have any setup here, so we lived in a place which was being bought, and we didn't. We were just renting it at the time, and yeah. we didn't know it was being bought. And it was like not the greatest place, but it was on a good bit of land mm-hmm. up a hill. So. You know, we heard that, oh, well, there's someone who's trying to buy it and blah, blah, blah. And I was living, like, above the garage. It had, like, this little tiny den above the garage, and that's where I lived. And, uh, you know, I hear, okay, there's someone, the, the, the owners are coming to look around to them. I'm like, all right, whatever. I really didn't give a shit, so I didn't even tidy up. And I'm, I'm like, in my underpants, yeah, eating Chipotle and editing this fucking shitty movie that I made. And... You know, they knock on the door and I'm like, yeah, come in, whatever. Mm-hmm. They come in and it's like, you know, a, a, a Jewish guy with a yarmulke is like their estate agent or lawyer or something mm-hmm. like that. This woman is like this kind of hippie woman. And then fucking Seth Rogen. Yeah. <laughs> just wanders into my fucking bedroom. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I like, oh, hey, and I do a double time. I'm like, that's fucking Seth Rogen. And like, none of my, my parents had met them before and they didn't warn me or they yeah. Turns out they didn't know who it was. Oh, they didn't know he was famous? No. And my dad's got a funny story. I'll tell that in a second. But uh, yeah, he, he just wanders in and I'm like, oh, fuck, that's Seth Rogen. Like, mm-hmm. What do I do now? Because I'm in my underwear eating Chipotle editing some movie. And he was like very nice. A stank sure. of weed. Like re- yeah. instantly reeks of weed. And um, he comes up and he's, I'm like editing on my computer. He's like, oh, what, what's this? And I'm like, oh, it's just some movie I'm editing. He's like, what camera did you use? I'm like, I mean, we we used a red. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. And he, and he like he looks trying to bond with you. He was trying to bond. And I was like, well, that's, that's kind of nice. But I'm yeah. still kind of, I'm like very uncomfortable because I yeah. haven't showered in like three yeah, days. Yeah. And I'm eating Chipotle in my underwear. And uh, he looks around and I had all this. At the time, I had like this bloody T-shirt pinned up to the wall. Yeah. And uh, on that T-shirt, I had like, all the like, you know, tickets for concerts or like postcards that I got or like various memorabilia up pinned up to that wall. And he sees one for um, uh, the room, right? I had a, a postcard for the room because I'm a big fan of the room and Tommy Wiseau who made it. And uh, he goes up to me and he goes, "Huh, Tommy Wiseau." <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, oh well, that's sweet. You know, he obviously he obviously knows a little bit about the room, but he can't. He doesn't know enough to pronounce the guy's name right. Yeah, that's kind of cute. And and I'm like, apologize. I'm like, sorry for the mess. I like, I just got back from somewhere, and he was like, oh, don't trust me. If it, if it was me on my own, it'd be way worse than this. Uh, no, like, this, guy, this guy sounds nice. He was very story. nice. Yeah, he <laughs> was very nice. And nothing nothing against him. Yeah, and he mispronounced Tommy Wiseau's name, but I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then, uh, literally, less than a week later, I saw an interview where he's announced that he's making <laughs> he's making an adaptation of the Disaster Artist, which is a book about how the room got made. And I'm like, by what's his nuts, Greg, Greg Sestero, Greg Sestero in the movie about yeah. his life with Tommy Wiseau. Wiseau, yeah. So it's like, dude, if you know that you're making a movie about this guy, you should learn how to pronounce this fucking name. It's not even how to pronounce his name. 
There's no R in Tommy Wiseau. No, like, where would you get W-I-S-E-A-U. to Tommy? Where would you yeah. get to Wiseau? <laughs> he just pronounced it wrong. Yeah, could but, just be a weird Canadian accent thing. Yeah, I guess. But, but he was very nice, and he came back once or twice, and I'd always I'd sort of say hello to him. Um, and that that was kind of the last I heard of it. But then, while we were still living there, they were still negotiating some deal for the house. While I was still living there, this whole thing. Do you remember that movie, The Interview? Oh yeah, and you remember that like Kim Jong Un was mm-hmm. threatening to nuke them, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Well, are you like pro North Korean? <laughs> You're like, well, that's what we were told. <laughs> no, no, no. Wasn't it? Didn't it? No, no. Was, it was, isn't there some conspiracy theory that Sony faked that uh, for publicity, but also as a double whammy to cover up their internal hack, and then they said they got hacked by North Korea? Possibly, yeah, but there, there definitely like was that, a direct yeah. threat from North North Korea. About oh, okay. It. That was at real. least at the time I heard about that. I thought I it, was, it was. I true. thought that this the. Oh, you know what it was? I think there was. I think the threat was real, and then Sony had an internal security fuck up right. that that caused the massive Sony leaks, and they blamed it on North Korea as a way of sort of whatever. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, anyway. I remember when that all came out around yeah. Christmas, like twenty fourteen or fifteen or whatever it was. Uh, we were pretty worried because the only if you typed in Seth Rogen house Uh Mm -hmm. our address came up because i guess it got leaked that he was buying that house so we were worried that we were gonna get fucking newt (laughs) just one house size cruise missile yeah yeah (laughs) right at that house (laughs) or like otherwise assassinated or something you know like yeah yeah. it kind of worried us for a second that's good that rules so that's my seth rogan story for you Um, oh what a great ep (laughs) <laughs> you trying to end it? Well, I don't know. I feel like we've got an hour. I got more celebrity stories if you want. Do you really? Oh, I got. All right, let's hear one more. You just one more. Well, I mean I that mean... rule of threes. I guess I forced you to do Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have chosen that one. But okay, I mean, what's another good that, one? I mean, I mean, I mean Ted, that was an honestly unusual... Ted dancing. Ted Danson looking at Japanese with porn you with me is, is pretty good. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, so there's that one. and then That's what dreams are made of. I mean, the, well, again, we're kind of talking about the L.A. dream here. and w- The Seth Rogen coming into your bedroom is not something that I think many people were likely to experience. Yeah. When I'm talking about the kind of underwhelming side of the L.A. dream, it's like, oh, you will see someone you recognize, but it will be odd or just uncomfortable mm. or not particularly interesting. Yeah. So, for instance, if you go to the Rainbow in West Hollywood, which is like a metal rock bar, uh, you will see Ron Jeremy almost every time. Oh, yeah. He's there. I, I, I can't count how many times I've seen him there. Surrounded. Ron Jeremy, by the way, is like genuinely grotesque. Yeah, he's we don't know what Ron Jeremy looks like. No, but if you haven't seen him recently, yeah. you know, there's like this comedy image of what he looks like. But yeah. if you see him now, he's like dying, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm surprised. I think he nearly did. I think he had some major yeah. heart attack and then survived it. But he, like, I've seen him at the Rainbow at, on a Saturday night where it's loud as fuck, crowded as hell, and he's fallen asleep on a on a high chair by a table. He's just yeah, sitting yeah, yeah. there sleeping. Yeah, because he's a fucking wreck, dude. Like, he's he's yeah. old. He's old as fuck. Yeah. But he's got all these. Every time I've seen him there, he's been surrounded by like incredibly beautiful young girls. Mm-hmm. Um, presumably aspiring porn stars or playboy mo- I don't know who they right. are but he's surrounded so he's still doing well for himself but that's the kind of person you like to see 
At the Rainbow also, you used to see Lemmy from Motorhead all the time, but he died. You've seen him in person before? Oh, yeah, plenty of times. You know, one before he died. Quick yeah. aside about Ron Jeremy. That guy cracks me up. I mean, he's, he's yeah. one of the... Ron Jeremy is one of the people that yeah. Penn Gillette name drops all the time. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of level... I mean, yeah. C-list celebrity, right? Like, yeah. But he's around. You know, mm. he's around and he's... Um, if you want to see him, I'm t- if you live in L.A. or near L.A. or you're visiting L.A., go to the Rainbow. You'll see him, probably. He's right there. But So there's that. And then there's, I mean, smaller smaller like celebrities that you can't even call celebrities. You know, people like Brody Stevens I lived across sure. the road from. I'd see him all the time. Important to me, probably not to many other people. And presumably not important to anyone anymore since he killed himself last year. Or Oof. this year, actually. That's a sad one. That was a sad one. Um, but then, uh, I don't know, what other celebrity stories do I have? I have a ton. Um, I have. I mean, some of them are unfair because it's like I've either been working somewhere or been invited to something where there are right. a ton of celebrities around. So, you know, I could tell you, I mean, fucking Patricia Arquette is a complete cunt. Well, I know that Taylor Swift stepped on your feet. Taylor Swift, well, two two iconic uh, girls that the internet loves have stepped on my feet. Jennifer Lawrence and Taylor Swift have both stepped on my foot and not apologized. In rapid succession, right? No. Like they were no, with no, each no, other, weren't apart. they? No, a year oh, apart. Oh. Yeah. Taylor Swift, when I saw her, was with Lord and Selena Gomez. That's right, okay. Dancing at the Warner Brothers after party for the Golden Globes, dancing to her own music. On the dance floor. Hell yeah. And trying very hard to get attention. Like getting the party started? Like very just ostentatiously dancing. Like kind of clearing a bit of the dance floor for her lord, who I think was only 17 at the time, was fucking off her head. Yeah. And uh, Selena Gomez to dance to Taylor Swift's, a remix of Taylor Swift's song. Awesome. Yeah. So I didn't care for Taylor Swift from what I saw of her. Uh, Je- uh, Jennifer Lawrence just stepped on my foot and just kept on walking. I'm like, all right, well, fine. Um, Patricia Arquette was an active cunt. Yeah, that was actively rude, which I really didn't appreciate. Because although it was, was I was like, I was having a cigarette and she came out for a cigarette and she was kind of on her own and she asked for a lighter. Mm-hmm. And she asked for a match and I was like, oh sure. And she just won the Golden Globe at this point for uh, Boyhood. Boyhood. And I said, by the way, congratulations. And I meant this sincerely because I thought she was really good in that movie. So I said, by the way, congratulations. That's, you know, well-deserved type thing. Didn't gush or anything. Just said, I thought you did a really great job. And like, you deserve everything you get for it, basically. And she went, okay, thank you. I guess. Like that. (laughs) And took my lighter and fucking lit a cigarette. And put it back on her own table and kept, and like, sort of drifted off. And I think she started talking to some other dude. That's and I was like, are you absolute fucking... Like, there is no need. You've just won a Golden Globe. Yeah. You should be really happy. You've just asked for my lighter. You've taken it. And all I did, I didn't, like, ask for a photo. I didn't ask for anything. I just said, by the way, like, congratulations. You really deserve that. And she goes, ah, okay. Like that. I'm like, you fucking... I hope your career fails now. You'll get your Oscar, and then it'll fail. And guess what? It came to pass. Hell no one, yeah. no one cares about Patricia Arquette anymore because she got too fucking up herself. She was big, and then she went away, and then she came back briefly when she was in Boyhood. Well, yeah, so I, you know, I could. Well, wait, isn't she in something right now? I, I quite possibly I've seen her on billboards. It's the same with Michael Keaton. You know, he comes back for a year, and everyone loves oh him, my and then God, the fucking they kind of disappear shit. again. You know, I mean, like <sighs> the thing with Patricia Arquette is like. It, 
the the thing that annoyed me was that I didn't even say anything. You know, I understand. Like, I hear people who say, "Oh, I met a celebrity and they were a cunt." And it's like, yeah, but what were you? How were you acting? You know, what were you doing to them? Right. Because quite often, either they want a lot of pictures, or they like, oh well, or they say something weird. You know, it's like I didn't go up to them and say, like, "Oh, by the way, when I was twelve, I jerked off to your scene in True Romance where you got yeah. your tits out." You know, yeah. I didn't say that. I said, "Hey, like, congratulations on Boyhood, by the way. You really deserve that. That was an awesome performance." <laughs> Thank you. Fucking cunt. Wow. Jesus Christ. Called out. You're an enemy it's of just the pod. Un- unnecessarily yeah. rude. Like, unnecessarily rude. To uh, At the time, I was like 21. I'm like, yeah. 21 year old kid yeah. saying, hey, congratulations. That was really good. Hey, Patricia just, Arquette. She's holding a fucking Golden Globe. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you fucking bitch. Yo, Patricia Arquette, you are officially. An yeah, I'm canceling you. I'm You're canceling an enemy you. of the poor quality podcast. I'm canceling you, Patricia Arquette. Our new tagline. You were just unnecessarily rude. There's fuck no the need Arquettes. For that. Yeah, fuck all, all of them. them. Even the one who just died. Which one just died? Alexis. Whoa. Alexis really? died, presumably, of AIDS. Wait, really? Yeah. Well, it seems like it. They didn't really. She, she got like really thin or something. She or he? I'm not sure if they were fully transgendered. I mean, I don't know. But no, I think she was. I think she was trans. I don't think she was like yeah, a cross-dresser. Well, yeah. they died on their own terms after a long illness. Oh, and she was about 50. like a death with dignity thing. Yeah, it sounds like it. Oh, that's tragic. Yeah. Um, I've had. I luckily have never had a mean celebrity encounter. You know what? That's not true. Doug Benson was awfully rude to me. Yeah, Doug Benson of all people. Yeah, I that know. is why I've noticed though. It's like the people who generally don't quite deserve it tend to be more cunty. Yeah, like the, the, for instance, you know, I'd understand if Tom Cruise was really cunty to me, I'd be like, fair enough, he must get fucking hassled all the time. By all accounts, Tom Cruise is lovely. Oh yeah, like you know, you may say, oh, he's a Scientologist whack job, and, so, and he probably is. But from everything I've heard, being on set with him and working with him is lovely. Like he's very, very nice to people. He bore everyone on the set of some movie iPads just for, for the sake of it. Yeah, I heard he's thank super. You. I mean, he's a lovely guy. But Paul Tompkins tells a story about how he was at the table read because he had a a role in uh, Magnolia that got cut out. Paul, F. Paul Tompkins. F. Tompkins did? Yeah, he's friends with uh, what's his nuts. Remember, he has a really small role the in There Will Be Blood. Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, yeah. But so Paul F. Tompkins is at okay. the table read from Magnolia, and he's sat right next to Tom Cruise, and Tom Cruise sits down and turns to him and goes, "Hi, I'm Tom." <laughs> like, I, every yeah. single yeah, fucking yeah. thing I've heard about Tom Cruise is yeah, yeah. just like nice talking dude. to him like yeah. he's just a peer. You know what I mean? No, apparently he's a yeah. wonderfully nice guy, and uh, yeah. there are a few like that. There I've heard that as well. Who... Yeah, I've heard but that anyway, also. Yeah. I've also heard that like um, his energy, like people tell stories about seeing him in public, where he is swarmed by mobs. Yeah, and apparently his energy is just like indefatigable. Like he is just like uh, like taking pictures, smiling, being super nice to every single one of them. Right, so he's a bad example, or a good example, actually. A good example of, I mean, but that's (laughs) that's almost insanely nice. But what I'm saying is, like, if you are, if you're the kind of celebrity who's obviously constantly besieged by people, right, telling them something or other, or being crazy. I mean, they get fucking weird death threats and stalkers. I've heard heard a lot about Will Ferrell. How he's He's apparently a cunt. I haven't heard that he's a cunt, but I've heard that he's like 
become extremely withdrawn. He, no, apparently yeah. he absolutely hates uh, people asking for any kind of autograph. Yeah, or no, that's a what photo. I've heard. He's a, not not to the point where he's just kind of grumpy about it. It's to the point where he'll actively like mock them or uh, really? otherwise belittle them. Yeah, like he's apparently a really nasty guy. I heard oh, this. I haven't from, heard that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I think I mean, don't quote me on it. I don't want to get canceled by anyone, but I think Tim Heidecker mentioned that when they were working with him on um, Billion Dollar Movie. Oh, really? Because he was in that movie, and apparently, yeah, it was like a don't look at me type thing. One of the weirder celebrities, you know, celebrities don't want to take pictures, whatever. One of the weirder versions of that I've heard was a story from a friend of mine from when I was younger. Uh, it was someone It was someone my brother was dating at the time. He was talking about how she had a friend who was walking down the street, right, and passed by Will Smith. Mm-hmm. A relatively uncrowded street, I guess, but passes by Will Smith and kind of makes eye contact with him and says nothing. And then they get a few like like ten feet apart or so, and he turns around and he goes, "Hey, you want a picture?" <laughs> and I'm like, I can't tell if that's nice or not. It seems <laughs> like, it's a little weird. Passive aggressive. It's a little it? weird. Yeah. <laughs> like he was friendly about it. He was like, "Let's take a picture," but it was like, "What if I don't?" Want a picture with you, Will Smith? Yeah, man. I love that idea. You know, yeah. a celebrity being like, "Yes, it's me," and you're like, "Oh, who are you?" <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm the girlfriend. <laughs> to I call s- back, I to saw. Um, I saw Fred Armisen. He was in front of me at a coffee shop at a um, rehearsal studio that I was working at once, uh-huh. and um, he was a little odd to the waitress there. The, the, it's like, girl. Working at this coffee shop, and it's an L.A. rehearsal studio. I'm sure she sees famous people fairly often, or at least semi-famous people fairly often. And he's just like, uh, he was like basically quibbling about whether he had to pay for it or not. That's weird. Yeah, I don't want to give like, I, I won't remember exactly what he said, and I don't want to like misquote him. But And it wasn't that bad, but he was kind of like, oh, so I'm just going to take this, right? And she was like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's 350 He was like, I mean, I'm here at the... No, and you could tell that he was kind of uh, waiting for it to yeah. to drop, and it didn't drop. And Maybe, it's also like, I mean, that might not be an I'm a celebrity thing. That might be I'm working here, it, and this is the coffee shop in the studio. Every if he's worked there for more than a day, he'll know that. Yeah, you pay for stuff in the cafe that's set up as a right, separate entity. Sure. You know, yeah. It did seem a little strange, and he was uh, in general just seemed very like. It's also it's like Fred Armisen. You have three bucks. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> that's the other thing that kind of makes me wonder. I, I mean, I know I, I've definitely heard a bunch of stories from like bartenders and stuff I've talked to who are just like, yeah, famous people don't tip. You know, like yeah. they really don't. Uh, I saw Jerry Seinfeld in the counter. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's some of these people. I'm like, it's amazing. They just go out in such like someone as big as Jerry Seinfeld I assume didn't counter. leave his didn't leave his house unless he was driving a fucking vintage fire truck yeah he was, and had he, fucking he, Miranda Sings in the past he was he was, we saw him drive off he was driving a very fancy old car yeah but, yeah this was in West LA and it was a Juggie's girlfriend it was it was literally like that that whole segment in pulp fiction where John Travolta's got to take out Yuma Thurman like the boss's wife because Juggy was oh. out of town. He was like, hey, I think my girlfriend's bored. Why don't you take her out? You know? <laughs> and I was like, all right. Like, I didn't, I, this is like, you know, a few months after we'd made friends. So I, I didn't yeah. really know his girlfriend that I sort of met yeah. her in passing. And so I drove around, picked her up. 
I was like, well, I know this good place called The Counter yeah. in West LA. And we drove there. And like we didn't have that much to talk about until we walked in. And like at the table right next to us is Jerry Seinfeld and some other dude. And we were just like, well, she, you know, I was a little like, okay, well, you just don't pay attention to him. She waved at him. Mm-hmm. Like that was her, her thing. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's Jerry Seinfeld. She goes, oh, and kind of like smiles and goes, uh-huh. like, just gives this big wave. Did he wave back or did you see? He like kind of politely went, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, we had the same waiter as him. So the, when he le- he paid up and left, we asked the waiter. We were like, and that was Jerry Seinfeld, right? He was like, yep, he's here often. And that That's seems strange. to be a common thing where, you know, if you ask someone if yeah. there's a celebrity, they're like, yep, they're here all the time. And Jerry and Seinfeld. we, wow. and I think I said, I was like, you know, did, does he, did he, he tip well? He was like, very generous, yes. Oh, really? Well, there you <laughs> so go. That's Jerry nice. Seinfeld apparently tipped well. Very generous. I don't know. I mean, I wish I'd listened to their I conversation. Mean, Christ, how much money does Jerry Seinfeld have? He's nearly a billion, I think. I think. Yeah. I think when you, I think when you're as rich as Jerry Seinfeld, and you care at all about people thinking you're an asshole, like it's publicly known that he is, yeah, beyond I wealthy. Just throw a, yeah. throw a thirty percent at least. You know, oh, I'll <laughs> bet he's one of the. I wouldn't be shocked if he just drops a hundred dollars on every tab, regardless of what. No, happens. but because I can also. There are imagine, people who aren't celebrities that do shit like that, like in Los Feliz. I can also imagine the. I wish I could hear it. She was saying it was like booths, and she was sitting mm-hmm. behind him, and I was sitting in front of her. Uh, I wish I'd heard the conversation when the bill came. You know, like I wish I'd heard the conversation. He was with some other dude, but I mm-hmm. wish I'd heard that conversation because I would imagine it would be a bit like a Seinfeld routine. You know, Jesus. <laughs> that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping for him to yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. "Wait, what's this?" You know, wait. It's, that's more like a curb routine. <laughs> like, no, wait, but wait, wait, what is this? You, in Seinfeld, that happened too. You know, where they're like, "Oh, yeah. wait, there's a, there's a captain charge." There's an ice. Yeah, t- yeah. <laughs> you know, it was one of the best Larry David moments of all time. Was outside of Curb Your Enthusiasm, someone caught him on when their he did cell anal phone with share. What? I was just trying to throw you off. In, oh, in, in yeah, it worked. Song. Yeah, there you go. Right. When Larry someone David caught, did anal with Cher, I was like, caught, oh! Someone caught Larry David on their cell phone camera leaving a parking garage and, like, screaming and hitting uh, the parking meter, like, the thing that eats your ticket because it was he was having some kind of trouble with it. And he's just flipping out on this, like a very curb your enthusiasm right, moment right. where he's freaking out over this $2 fucking parking charge. Yeah. That rules. That guy's just living curb your enthusiasm all the time. Well, the thing about the show curb your enthusiasm that I'm thinking is it's often made reference to, it's not that he's pretending in that show to be less wealthy than he is. Right. Because it's often made reference to how much money he has. They're saying, yeah. oh, you're worth 500 million, blah, blah, blah. But so much of it is quibbling with like, you know, minimum wage minorities about having to pay something yeah yeah <laughs> it's kind of insane that that yeah that show of all shows is actually like kind of championed by like you know yeah. liberals where it's it's pretty fucking like, well i mean that's obviously there's an absurdity to it but there is but yeah. it's not really highlighted that much quite often it is just like oh look here's a crazy chinese lady who's pissed off that you didn't that you didn't pay her for the parking you know like that's true <laughs> But anyway, uh, so Jerry Seinfeld is another one. Didn't talk to him, but saw him there. Do you ah. respect Wood? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a classic. No, I love, I love Kurt. Holy Kurt. Watching it show. back though, watching through it, there, there is a lot of um, 
There are a lot of misses in that. In each season, there are a lot of episodes where you're just like, that was a worthless episode. I mean, one of the best things that ever happened was when he trips the basketball player when he's sitting courtside. Yeah, Shaq. And they're all... Shaq and Neil, yeah. Oh, it was Shaq? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And they're all booing him as he walks up the steps. Well, the one, the thing I liked about that episode was that it goes into... I, I read some theory yeah. on Kirby Enthusiasm once, and it's apparently a, um, a common Jewish folklore stereotype of a... Oh, I don't want to say it because I'm going to say it wrong, but like a, like a mole or something like that. Not a mole. That's like a circumcising guy, right? Um, that's a moil moil right it's something but it's like a jewish folklore character is constantly besieged by like bad luck or oh a um there is a word for a yiddish word i guess but i don't remember what it is uh fuck it is something like uh it's a most something i think all i can think of all i can think of is mule is muli which is a racist word for black people that italian people use oh really i didn't know that Oh yeah, you oh, never seen like do I'll the right that, thing. It's playing at AMC right now. <laughs> oh, it's well. in re-release. Oh yeah, Mouli. Mouli because it's short for Moulignon, which oh, means right. eggplant. Okay, in Italian, that's a pretty roundabout way of being racist, isn't it? That's how they do You're it. You're like an eggplant, you know? Egg, because well, it has to do with the yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll add it to my let's gun anyway. If I want to make you uncomfortable, <laughs> you never seen the jerk. With Steve yeah. Martin, when, no, they're, like, all stuff, when they're like, oh, we got to keep the eggplants out. And he's like, that's right. No oh, vegetables. It's been, that's been yeah, so long yeah. since I've seen it. I don't remember. But. That, by the way, that movie has a massive N-bomb dropped by Steve Martin, cause, mm-hmm. which is very funny. <laughs> like You can't deny how funny it is to see Steve Martin. Well, here's, actually, here's something. I was in a bit of a yeah. conversation with someone the other day about Pulp Fiction. Because yeah. Pulp Fiction is one of those movies which everyone... It's one of those movies that I would include alongside Titanic and like Gladiator mm-hmm. and Schindler's List. as a movie that you expect everyone has kind of seen, right? And it's beloved by cinephiles. And which movie? Sorry. Pulp Fiction. Oh, sure, yes. Yeah, everyone loves it. But there is... Watching it back as an adult, I watched it when I was like twelve or thirteen for the first time. I fucking loved it. Thought it was genius, and it is genius. And yeah, like it, it yeah. holds up in some ways, and in other ways, you're just like, this is fucking impossible. Like, first of all, the dialogue is having seen Quentin Tarantino's later movies and sort of knowing his weaknesses, then they start to become very apparent in Pulp mm. Fiction. But also, there's a scene. Uh, when they've shot, they've accidentally shot that guy Marvin in the face, and they have to get the car. Cleaned oh yeah, up. I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a scene where Quentin Tarantino, the director and gives writer, gives himself the privilege, gives himself a role <laughs> where he drops the n jizzle, the m bomb, about it, within the space of about a minute, probably well over 20 times one of that's a i'm surprised that you didn't remember that scene that scene's iconic no i remembered the scene oh yeah but watching it through Today's more eyes. modern yeah. eyes you're just like there is no way that this wouldn't be an utterly canceled film right now i mean oh no kidding i think at the yeah. time i'm sure a few people brought it up or whatever but he literally and it's honestly it's questionable like it's it's not only que- like, it would be understandable if the character was like you know, like a comedy racist, like in Django Unchained or something like right. that, or otherwise. But th- there's no real backstory to this guy except for he's a guy who's retired from the life of crime, and he's he's living in like Burbank or wherever the fuck, and he's got this normal fucking dude played by like the whitest nerdiest dude, Quentin Tarantino, yeah. and he just launches into this tirade about 
I mean, look, fucking, I, no. it's stupid. But I can't even it, say it yeah. on the podcast. Don't worry about it. We dead, all know the scene. Dead N-word storage, yeah. right? And he says it a ton of times. And then, like, there's this kind of weird thing where you see, like, a hypothetical, here's what would happen if my wife came in and found us with this dead N-word. Yeah. And his wife is black. So I Wait, think she is? Yeah, I think you see her arms and she she looks like she's black. Oh, that I don't remember. Yeah, That's yeah. fascinating. So it's almost like he's kind of like, oh, but you see, he can't be racist because his wife is black. And, and he's I think, saying it to Jules. And he's saying it to Jules, Jackson who's like character. an angry black guy. Who appears to be his friend. I think it's Jules' idea to go to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they work together or whatever. But it, I'm just saying the... Like that scene in and of itself, strange as it's kind of strange, but it's also when I first watched it, I never thought anything of it. I didn't think, I don't think many people thought that much of it, but it's kind of weird how like culturally shifting, you know, <laughs> shifting the way we have has made that a completely bonkers scene to watch now. Say what you want, man. Spike Lee caught a lot of shit when he had the balls to say in public, like, yeah, look, I like Quentin's movies, but that guy really loves saying the <laughs> N-word. People were like, shut up, Spike Lee! He said more than that. I don't remember what he said. He but said a lot more, even to the point where Samuel L. Jackson had to go at Spike Lee. He was like, what the fuck are you talking Yeah, he did. Go at him. I yeah, mean, they did. still work together and stuff. But Well, like, no, but Samuel yeah. L. Jackson said, basically, Spike Lee, you just need to shut up. Like He's doing really good work. and you're, Oh, yeah. Samuel yeah. L. Jackson has always rode the fence as be- I mean basically and then he literally played an Uncle Tom in uh, Django Unchained between <laughs> <laughs> that's almost like Quentin Tarantino saying fuck you to Spike Lee by casting Samuel L. Jackson as like a slave who yeah is also racist a house, sl- <laughs> yeah. A house slave yeah, yeah. house um, n-word an yes. uncle an uncle ruckus character like in uh, the boondocks if you've ever right. seen that show yeah no, um, I mean, yeah. but uh you know it's interesting though you know I never thought about it until just now but probably as far as Samuel L. Jackson's career is concerned, at least in terms of the acclaimed movies, it's all going to go to either Quentin Tarantino or Spike Lee, right? Mm, pretty much, yeah. I mean, he. let me think. I mean, I'm, I'm probably forgetting a whole bunch of his career, but pretty much, yeah. Because he, he was not opposed to taking really shitty movies. Oh, yeah, he's done like Deep Blue Sea as yeah, well. And Deep like Blue Jurassic Sea, Snakes Park. on the Plane. He's and... a small role in Jurassic Park. Yeah, that was actually before Pulp Fiction, though, even. That, yeah, yeah I but mean, like... I mean, his most iconic roles probably all come from Tarantino. And Spike Lee, yeah. But, like, well, I mean, I don't know if... Well, maybe not iconic, I don't know if his role in Do the Right Thing is no, as important to everybody certainly... else as it is to me. You know what I mean, though? Like films, oh, totally. Films yeah, which yeah. are iconic and he's been a part of. Yeah. But going back to Pulp Fiction, like, thinking about it in general, that's a fucking... That's got this weird, like, BDSM rape scene in it. It's a crazy movie, yeah. You don't think that... Because I remember, like, hearing about Pulp Fiction before I was allowed to see it. Because yeah. it was an 18 in the UK, and it's, you know. Mm-hmm. So it took me, I, I sort of saw on the cover, and I was like, oh, it'll be like a kind of crime noir movie. When I finally watched it, it's like, yeah, you got Christopher Walken talking about having to watch up some guy's ass, and he's handing it to this kid. And right. You got Ving Rhames being, like, butt raped by a fucking hillbilly. In a way, though. An like- S&M gimp and stuff. It's a fucking insane movie. And then you got Quentin Tarantino talking about Dan Edwards. One thing about Quentin Tarantino's writing that has always kind of stuck out to me that I think so many people try to emulate is like Pulp Fiction especially. And if you consider this a weak point in his writing, which I think is a fair argument to make, this Pulp Fiction is probably the nadir of it, which is that he adds so much um, texture that is irrelevant to the overall plot of the movie. You know what I mean? Like so many things like that. Um, And he really feels like... Pulp Fiction really feels like a movie equivalent of a Chuck Palahniuk novel, 
where it's like bit. it feels like collected things that he's heard somewhere like right, the watch up the ass yeah. but just putting all of these strange quirky eccentric things in every it's... scene makes each scene very memorable even yeah. if they don't really add up to a cohesive whole I think it's a little yeah. different than Chuck because Pen- yeah Chuck Poloniak is that how you say it? Poloniak? I, it's Polonic Polonic right yeah. Chuck Polonic he uh Definitely, it, it very much is like he reads like magazines with those weird facts in them and stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, you know. And he picks. He's up more stuff. of an almanac style. Yeah, but, almanac yeah. style. Whereas Quentin Tarantino, I think, is stuff from other movies. Like that's obviously a very visually big thing of stuff his. from other movies. No, visually, yeah. but also thematically too. And like, sure, some of, some of the um, dialogue, especially, is very reminiscent of like very early, you know, fifties, sixties movies, which had stilted dialogue because they hadn't quite figured out what movies were yet. Yeah. So it was kind of harkening back to that, but he does it too much. And to the point where his dialogue really does great on me now. Uh, the, I did like the hateful eight when I first saw it. It didn't mm-hmm. hold up on a second viewing, but I saw it in theater Christmas morning. Yeah. But then, the you know, before that version. Django Unchained, I think is gash. I think it's a fucking terrible movie. And I think Inglorious Bastards is like 50, 50. I, I, the th- one thing that will hold Quentin Tarantino entirely responsible for is a trope which has now become apparent You've of villains. You've talked to me about this before. Oh, yeah. have I? Well, I'll talk to you about it again. Yeah, I'll hear it's it. still <laughs> happening, and I wanted to stop. Of villains yeah. in movies suddenly, while they're having a serious conversation, usually with the protagonist or maybe with someone else, yeah. and they suddenly divert and they go, what do you know about ice cream? Right. I'll tell you what I like about ice cream. Ice cream is blah blah blah, and it's like always some shitty fucking like yeah. high school metaphor for something to do with the plot. Or but it rarely the- actually is though, isn't it? Isn't it usually like a, a it's just thing like that kind of leads nowhere. Like yeah, it always it always nowhere. pretty much yeah. does. But you can tell kind of what they're going for is like a vaguely menacing allegory. To- In shitty versions, it's the allegory. Yeah. But I feel like when um like when what's his nuts is doing it. Uh, like doesn't he like talk about strudel or like he's eating in strudel? Bastards, yeah. he's eating strudel. And then in the first yeah. scene, that same guy, this this character, Christoph Boltz, who I think won an Oscar, if not got nominated for an Oscar for that villain, it, he almost entirely talks in in those kind of monologues yeah. where he's like, "Well, you know the thing about milk, it's it's, yeah. it's like having Max as your movie villain." <laughs> like, well, I was going to say it's a world. He's like, it's, "Hey." Huh, well, you're hiding Jews in here. Let me tell you something about Cheez-Its. <laughs> you know, a good Cheez-It... Well, what I was going to say comes is... ...comes from the best batch. <laughs> now, before they changed brands and they changed ownerships, <laughs> the batch would often have less good Cheez-Its in it. Well, you know what? The, some of the Two of the funniest things in that are... Um, <laughs> so, Cheez-Its. <laughs> One is I was gonna say that Quentin Tarantino movies are like and the protagonist is like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, they're like sweating. He's on to someone's me. holding a gun under the table or whatever. Yeah, the reason fountain soda is better <laughs> than regular soda is because it mixes in with That's something a funny idea like for motor. like a sketch, a villain, yeah, like an exceedingly banal villain monologue, of, yeah, like, fountain drinks. Well, but that's what Quentin Tarantino does essentially. He just does. Well, that's what I'm saying is like he puts all of this weird digression and texture in his movies that are very eccentric. But it seems like he's just like maybe a little bit on the spectrum and has a lot of right, weird obsessions right, right. that he fits into everything. And then, but more than that, he like 
he's a very id-driven filmmaker, which I think is really it's like I I do think it holds up. I think it's really compelling and weird where it's like something like in Pulp Fiction, there's one sequence, one fucking shot in the whole movie that I always think about where Uma Thurman goes, hey man, don't be a square. Yeah, which and she fucking, does it with her yeah. fingers and, and it traces light, an actual yeah, square. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nothing else like that happens in the movie. No, no, no. I, I Look, there yeah. are good... There's there's a reason it's a good uh, well, there's a reason it's a recognized movie and it's yeah. a, an important movie. It's a good movie, yeah, more or less. But when you look at it, you, I mean, it's kind of like Fight Club, you know. That's another movie which everyone kind of saw and everyone kind of appreciates and in its own way was very influential. But mm-hmm. when you watch it back now, you're like, ugh. You know, I a lot know of a certain is... top listener of ours that is not going <laughs> to like that. I'm sorry, mate, but like, look, I loved Fight Club. Yeah. Growing, growing up, I loved it, and I thought it was very clever what it did with, you know, presentation of a story, mm-hmm. presentation of a narrative. There, there weren't that many movies before it which had that kind of, not not only the voiceover narrative, the constant in, in a monologue, but also visual representation of that monologue on the screen. Yeah. That at the time, was kind of a new thing. As far as I can remember, anyway. Wow. The way that they did it. You know, where, like, you know... Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. talking about his Ikea, you know, by, by, mm. like decorating his apartment with Ikea Scanning stuff. around the apartment. And he's walking through stuff. it, and, yeah. like, it turns into a... Um, you know, like, that's all really cool. I really like that. Um, okay. It's just been ripped off to all fuck. And that's the thing. With, with art, any kind of art, music, film, books, literature, whatever... Um, it becomes hard to judge something on its own merits when it's been so relentlessly ripped off or copied from or influential. So, like The Exorcist is a good example. That's a movie where, if you watch it now, honestly, it's it's a little janky. But that's because, and it, it probably doesn't scare anyone watching it now because it was so unique at the time that uh, everyone stole from it. Well, there's one very so it's very hard thing. to judge it as a new watcher. You know, same with Monty Python. We were talking about that before. There's one very important thing I want. Two very important things I want to say actually right now. Mm-hmm. One is if you think Pulp Fiction dead end word storage scene is crazy, check out the random, absolutely insanely out of place random moment in Reservoir Dogs, where they're all fighting, and Steve Buscemi for no reason whatsoever says. You guys are acting like N-words. You ever work with N-words? Completely unprofessional. There is no seeding or payoff to that racism whatsoever. No, I think in Quentin... I I think in his... uh, his, Not in his defense, but the way he would defend it, I think, is by saying that... There's meant to be an irony to that. No, I think he's saying that I grew up with people like this and like... (laughs) <laughs> you know that's just what, how we spoke kind of the same way people oh do, i was thinking that kind of the same way people defend faggots now you know when they're like well when we were growing up if you called someone a fag it just meant they were being lame or whatever right i think he kind of thought the same thing for a while i've I've read him saying something like that the people i grew oh, up with weird. that was just like he just said the n-word that was just what that you said how i you know? grew up that's crazy i don't know where he grew up either i think he grew up in like tennessee the way he but, talks to black people in interviews. Have you seen oh my all the God. compilations of clips? Well, that's like what that? I was about to mention. Yeah, yeah, there's one specific clip where he turned up. I think on promoting Django Unchained. He's on like 106th and Park or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's on like a BET show, yeah. and I think it was promoting Django Unchained because he has Samuel L. Jackson and Jamie Foxx. And he's wearing all of his woo. He's wearing wear. like a fucking you know Kangol cap backwards or whatever yeah, the fuck, yeah, yeah. and he's 
it is outrageous how it's great it's honestly because he, he's just he's literally i mean you know the word wigger has probably fallen out of fashion it's doing like but he's, he's doing amos and andy to, like yeah he's <laughs> yeah like, he's trying to he's going like oh well shit you know i mean like yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. is there like a proper racist impression of a black guy insane. and he still looks like a fucking you know he looks like quentin tarantino he can't get away from that yeah he looks like a fucking nerdy white dude yeah and yeah, and he's never. Sp- there's no precedent for him speaking like that in interviews. I wish that he, he normally is like, that. well, I mean, I I did this and I did that and I like these movies and I like that. And then he turns up on this BET show and he's like, oh, well, shit, man, you know, blah blah blah. blah. I would be so <laughs> happy. If, I would be so, so happy if he was doing that to like, because I mean, like, okay, I mean, not to defend it, but he was on <laughs> he was on BET. Max is like, you it know, was kind of neat. <laughs> I thought That's he sounded person. cool. Yeah. <laughs> he sounded like a cool dude. Yeah, no, but he was on BET and it was like a hip hop. I think it was one of Sixth and Park, which is like a kind of like a hip hop leaning. I'd TRL. never seen the show. It's like an before. urban TRL, right? right? Okay. But so, like, I understand that's the environment. But how great would it be if he was like talking to like Elvis Mitchell, or so you know Elvis Mitchell, Elvis the black Mitchell? the black film scholar who's like a big Quentin Tarantino supporter. Oh, I but, don't know him. But he's oh. like he's a film scholar, you know, or like he's like talking to like Henry Louis Gates. He's or like Cornell West. He's talking to like right. esteemed black intellectuals, and he's like, oh shit, man. <laughs> Yeah, he wouldn't. I imagine. I like, I think it was just. I, I mean, I I know the type of guy. You know, like the, yeah. well, Quentin Tarantino. No matter how famous and successful he's become, you kind of know that guy, that type of dude. Yeah, you know. He's and I think he got very very. Lu- <laughs> no, I think he got very very lucky with a few things. I also think he was helped out. Not many people mention this now because the other guy's being kind of canceled for uh, killing someone in a drunk driving accident. But Roger Avery worked with him on all those early films. Roger Avery is credit, co-credited with the screenplay for Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And I believe he had a part in Reservoir Dogs too. He doesn't talk about Roger Avery very much. No, because they fell out. Because I, I think it was a WGA thing or something to do with rights to Pulp Fiction well, or whatever the Who fuck. else helped his career significantly that got canceled? Who? Harvey Weinstein. All those early Tarantino oh, movies well, yeah. were Miramax. Yeah. Well, not all of Tarantino's movies were Miramax. Well, Miramax like. doesn't exist anymore, do they? No, but since his last film... That was Weinstein. That was Mary oh, that Max. was the Weinstein company. That was the Weinstein company, oh, okay. I believe. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and now he's come out and being like, yeah, I should have done more to stop that. But yeah, what can he do about it? There's there's one more uh, observation, and then I do have to go. I think this is a fucking long. You don't have to go. You're fine. Okay. Have a glass of wine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you want a glass? Are you good? No, I'm good. You sure? Yeah, I'm good. Ah, uh, what's wrong? Come on, man. I don't get company up here. I got, I got my wife. I got my child. Leave I got this in. People two need animals. To hear this. <laughs> you know, I got two animals that yeah. need my attention. I, I need. I need. You know. I got to get my strange. Oh, shit. And you right now, man. So well, my we should strange. get some dinner or You're something at the very least. Get some dinner. Yeah. I mean, nine o'clock. You, nine, I, do, I fed you a stew. That's true. I, I did have a stew bowl of stew about at about four p.m. Ago. when I got here. Uh, maybe like three hours ago. All it's right, nine. <laughs> it's fucking nine? nine o'clock, dude. It isn't it's that? eight? It's eight thirty-nine. Oh, that clock is slow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, well, we'll find something to do. But all right. But I'll finish. I'll finish this one. Well, and we'll, no, let's. We'll uh, go we're out getting good one. stuff here. I think if we're getting good stuff, God knows we need it. All right. Let's, well, let's keep going. I'm going to talk about this then. 